Hello, and thanks for tuning in to our Monday Night Godcast, an immersive and interactive discussion of the Bible. If you're listening to this right now, then I know for a fact that God has something for you. That's right, you. I'm glad you're here. Let's dive into God's Word and see what He has in store for us today. singing because I was like, it just reminded me of what we're about to read in John 16. Um, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Um, so John 16 is about, um, you know, Jesus talking about you know, the Holy Spirit to come. Uh, spoiler alert. And um, yeah, so I don't know, it, it was just cool uh, hearing that and then knowing what we're about to read. But anyway, just just what those words mean, saying we welcome you here, Holy Spirit. That's about it for that. Thanks, bud. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm gonna miss you, Caitlin. I'm gonna miss you, bud. I'm gonna miss all of you guys. Cool. So we're in John 16. Um, it doesn't start with a like uh, a header because it's continuing from what we read read, uh, read last week. They may remember um, what we re- started reading in John 15 last time. The vine and the branches. Yep. Yeah. Not just because it's the header, but I did really remember. <laughs> the world um, what, what do you guys? Huh? The world will hate you. Yeah. No, so Jesus talking about that. He's the true grapevine. Um, he'll cut off things that don't produce fruit and prune those that do so they produce more and then saying hey the world's going to hate you but don't worry they hated me first yeah you talked about going back like going backwards in the stadium instead of with the crowd you go against the crowd yeah back into the stadium yeah good memory of exactly yeah if you know going going against the world is essentially like when 70,000 people are leaving a stadium after a game and everyone's going out and you're trying to go in, that's what it's like. So we're on John 16 today. Does anybody want to start uh, with four verses? First four verses, um, finishing off this part about the world's hatred. Very short, four verses. Sure. Go for it, go for it. I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father, nor me. But I have said these things to you, that when their hour comes, you may remember what I to- that I told them to you. So that anybody, I'll just open that up. Any questions, comments, concerns about that part? Does it... Ring a bell for anything to come? Does it sound familiar? I mean, it's it's just a continuation of what we read last week. Mm-hmm. Of, um, hold up. Let's see. Uh, remember the word I said to you. This is verse 20 of chapter 15. Remember the word I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, uh, they will also keep yours. So that's kind of what he's referring to, I think, in the beginning here. How how does this help to not abandon your faith? Knowing all the things that he had previously said about, hey, the world's going to hate you. Um, you know, don't worry. They hated me first. They hated me for no reason. Um, and I've told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. And then it's telling you you're going to be expelled from the synagogues. And um, this is just because you you know me. Does that help? Do you think that helped them to not abandon their faith, to, to have that warning ahead of time? No, right yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I would say that if Jesus said it for the reason... 
uh, to keep them keeping the faith that I, I probably did <laughs> have an impact. It's kind of nice to have a warning before something comes up and happens. Yes. Yeah. We don't always get a little sneak peek of, you know, <laughs> um, what God is going to do in your life. So whenever he does give you that little bit, it's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I mean, verse two, I think, is really what does it. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. He doesn't say, if whoever kills you. He says, when whoever kills you. Like, the the knowledge that he has of, hey, it's going to happen, and you're, you're going to keep the fight. Um, and we know that the 12 disciples all died because of, um, well, with the exception of Judas. But even after the guy that replaces Judas dies because of martyrdom. So mm-hmm. the the reality that Jesus is just saying, hey, this is really important and um, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna end up getting wrecked for it. Yeah. Um so and you know what he's talking about in verse two, um, the time is coming when those who kill you think they're doing a holy service for God. Even Saul, you know, before he was Paul and he he knew Jesus and it's only a little bit later after that in Acts, um, when when Saul is persecuting the Christians, he's persecuting these exact people who who believe in Jesus. Um, so you know, Jesus is like, hey, world's gonna hate you. They're gonna want to kill you, but don't worry. You know, they hated me first, and they're gonna hate you too. Like just an FYI, they're gonna hate you, um, and they're gonna think they're doing God's work by hating you and killing you. Um, and that's exactly what Saul did. He he you know firmly believed that he. Was doing God's work as he's killing off the Christians, um, until he had an experience with Jesus himself. Anybody want to read five through fifteen? a little bit before five. Yeah, five. start there because yeah. I didn't realize it split yeah. off verse four in the middle. Oh, you're supposed to add Yeah, four. mine split yeah, verse mine four in the middle. So oh, cool. Okay. You, you start there. <laughs> it's like, okay, so the work of the Holy Spirit. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I... What? Sorry, let me start again. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me And none of you asked me, uh, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is um, to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning concerning sin because they do not believe in me concerning righteousness because I go to the father and you and you will see me no longer concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged I still have many things to say to you but you cannot bear them now when the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears he will speak and he will declare to you the things there are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare to you. Awesome. <coughs> what do you guys think about this? anything stand out? Is anything strange? I mean, I would be sad too to like have had time with Jesus and then all of a sudden like he's telling me, hey, I'm going to go away. Uh, but this is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but, but, but I need you. <laughs> I need you here. <laughs> I need you like in my faith. Um, to guide me it's like hard to just accept but at the same time like we have to um keep in mind that like he's jesus so he knows what he's doing 
and he knows best he he um has a a good plan and we just have to you know kind of go with it um but yeah. yeah why is it to our advantage or to their advantage but why is it to our advantage that jesus did leave them he had to die on the cross yeah it was an ultimate sacrifice and the holy spirit wouldn't have come yeah so what does that do for us It gives us the Holy Spirit. And what does that do for us? <laughs> okay. I didn't know. That. I was like, I thought I just did. Uh, he saves us all. He's the helper. The, the, the Holy Spirit. The advocate. The the advocate. The I have the word. Oh, wait, that's well, right. We Christ have the same is Bible. the advocate. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I think that when Christ leaves, only then can the Holy Spirit come, the advocate come, the helper come for us. And when the Holy Spirit is with us and amongst us and in us, then we have the same power that Jesus had when he was walking on this earth, too. Hmm. Yeah, and they're asking, like, where he's going. And, you know, he, it, it's kind of more just like, hey, like, where are you going? Like, what's up? Like, why are you leaving us? Um, and, you know, Jesus kind of excuses their lack of interest in his fate. Not really, like, Jesus, like, what's going to happen to you? But, like, Jesus... Where are you going? What's going to happen to us? You know, he kind of excuses that because, like, he he knows they're you know, in deep sorrow, um, but they had sorrow for the moment, and then they have a bright future coming up that he's he's telling them about. Um, they only saw the sorrow of Jesus leaving, um, but his departure his departure was you know essential for for them also to grow. What I find interesting is that there's been almost two chapters. It's It's been like since halfway through chapter 14 mm-hmm. that the last time someone not named Jesus spoke. Yeah. So like that doesn't usually happen, right? It's a, usually like in most of this, most of what you'll read throughout the Bible is him responding to something or him preaching a sermon and then like asking a question and then someone answering the question and the whole thing. But there's none of that. He's just talking, which is, it's not as common um, in other parts of, of uh, the Gospels. Um, and the last question, just because I was like, oh, this is interesting, I, I went back. The last question is by Judas, Judas not Iscariot, uh, where he says, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And then Jesus answered him. And then this whole sermon kind of comes from that. Hmm. Or not, not particularly sermon, prophecy thing, whatever you want to call it. Um. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's got, you know, the previous few pages are all red. The next page and a half is all red. All of Jesus' words, he has, yeah. he's speaking a lot. Could you imagine if he didn't leave? Could you imagine if Jesus was still on earth? He didn't die. You know, we have, we have this much text from Jesus from a very short ministry, right? He's only here like some 32 or so years. Um, but most of that, you know, he's a kid. You know, he started being in the synagogues a little bit while he was a kid even. Um, and then, you know, he's kind of working. And um, There's not a whole lot of public ministry. There's very short public ministry. And there's a lot of text and stuff that we can learn from him. Could you imagine if he was still here for the past 2,000 years physically in the flesh on earth? How many libraries full of books of Jesus' teachings there would be? There'd be no way we could understand everything or even begin to read everything that he had said. Um, so in one way, that's also to our benefit that you know we are able to study and learn what he spoke here on earth. Um, of course, he's still speaking today, but we can, we can study what's documented of what he had spoken. But I'd imagine it was hard for the disciples because they're like, hey, why why is it to our advantage that you're leaving God? Like, or Jesus, like, okay, maybe somehow in a, some way we don't see it's good for you that you leave, but why is it good for us? You know, they don't know what's exactly what's going to happen. They, they're kind of starting to get there, um, but they're not quite there and fully understanding everything that's about to happen. So I'd imagine they have questions like, how is it, you know, to our advantage that Jesus is arrested? How is it to our advantage that 
Jesus' ministry of teaching and miracles is going to end? How is it to our advantage that Jesus is going to be beaten and mocked? How is it to our advantage that Jesus is going to be sentenced to crucifixion, nailed to the cross? How is it to our advantage that Jesus dies in the company of, you know, people who hate him for no reason? How is it to our advantage that his lifeless body is just going to lay there in a grave? How is, how is that going to help us? How is that going to help him? And then he says, it's he says it's best for you. It's best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. So based off of that, it sounds like the advocate is a more blessed or maybe equally blessed, you know, manifestation of God than even his, you know, bodily presence. Um, you know, because Jesus can only see so many people at one time in the flesh. You know, he can only, you know, there's crowds going after him, and he can only touch and speak to and look at physically in the flesh so many people at the same time. Whereas right now, if all of us in this room and all of us at another church, all of us in another Bible study are all praying all around the world right now in this exact moment. The Holy Spirit is that bridge. It, the Holy Spirit, we can, we can speak to Him. And we can talk to God, everybody, at the entire world was talking to Him at the exact same time. He can hear us. He can answer us. He can love us all. But Jesus is, you know, limited in the body. So yeah, it's best for us that He goes away because... That is, he, he has a more broad and effective ministry in the entire world as the Holy Spirit can, can, <laughs> I see you, what's The Holy Spirit has a much broader ministry in that everybody can talk to him and he can talk to everybody at the same time, whereas Jesus was limited in a human capacity. Uh, <laughs> um, I was going to say, like, like when you're talking about, like, imagine if Jesus was still on earth and all the libraries that would be full of his teachings, like, we wouldn't, it's, okay, hold on. It's just really cool because anybody can pick up this, this word and it's living and breathing and active and alive today, but someone of the world can pick it up and it's just another book with words on the page. But for us who have the advocate, it's living and breathing and active in our lives every single day. So I think it's interesting how in verse 12 he says, I have much more to say to you more than you can bear, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. So like Jesus is telling them like, I have more, but you guys can't understand. But when I die, which he doesn't say, like, which they don't understand, like, why that's happening or anything. They don't understand that when he dies, the advocate will come and guide them in all the truth. So, like, Jesus is still with them, and, and they don't understand that, like, like, in order for them to completely understand, this has to happen. And that's where they didn't have that perspective. And, like, even further into that, I feel like that can go into our everyday lives. Like, we don't have his perspective. He, Jesus said, I'm going to die. I'm leaving. Bye. And this is going to benefit you. And it's like, what? How? Like, you were reading all those questions. How does that benefit us? How does it benefit us for you to be lifeless in a grave? But we don't have his perspective. And, like, we can ask that question so many times in life. Like, how does this benefit us? How is this going to benefit us? Tell me how this happening in my life right now, making me cry myself to sleep or whatever it is, however we cope or grieve, how does that benefit us? But we have to understand that we don't have his perspective but we do have his spirit, and his spirit is with us to reveal whatever he wants to say to us in this word. And, and we don't have his perspective, but we can have faith in him that what he's doing is best for his will and his purpose. This was all according to God's will and his purpose. It was, it's not about us. It's not about what we get or what we gain or what we lose. It's about how we're furthering his kingdom and living according to his will. So, anyway, that was like five different points. In no, one. Sure. <laughs> that was a lot of different points that... That didn't play on through that. That's right. awesome. <laughs> <clears throat> I love the excitement. I, lo I, lo I love your passion. Thanks. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's the new thing, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> I'm a preacher. <laughs> I unintentionally started that. Do you have a bruise? 
Yeah, you do quite often. No. It started Friday. Yeah, I, I, I like the way he outlines what the purpose of the Holy Spirit is on earth as well. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Mm. Those three points, and then to further explain them, the world's sin is, so he defines it, that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you see me no more. That's what gives us our righteousness. That what That's what allows us to bear the righteousness of Christ because he's gone away. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. It's finished and complete with Jesus' work on the cross. And the Holy Spirit ushers in all of those things and the reality of those things. In addition to being, A, the spirit of all truth, which, just like what Caitlin said, like he expands on what God, what Jesus has already taught. He will guide you into all truth, so into greater understanding of a what Jesus has already said and tell you about the future. So it's like it's hard, like you like you've been saying, like it's hard to picture anybody greater than Jesus or like to have anything greater than having Jesus in the flesh. And yet here, I would assume and conclude that what we're supposed to conclude is that the Holy Spirit is greater and available to and accessible to believers that call call on him and allow him into their lives and allow him to share these things and um, and do the work of Christ and gently convict and all those other things that we hear about later. So that's good. Hey, what do we what do we know about the Holy Spirit? Right, because I feel like the Holy Spirit is so kind of like left out, right? It's kind of like, like well, we got God, you know, big man, white beard, created it all. We got Jesus, okay, we have some pictures, okay, you know, Middle Eastern guy, black beard, uh, probably, you know, wore white long robe, okay, kind of looked probably something like this. And, sandals. You know, he got his cool sandals. Um, he's got a, a fish tattoo. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got the Holy Spirit. And we're like... Yes. Like, what is the Holy Spirit? But he doesn't say when it comes or when the Holy Spirit descends on you. or No. When he comes, he will convict the world of its sin. The Holy Spirit is... A he... <laughs> the Holy Spirit is a person, is a, a being. Can I propose a question? Mm -hmm. Do you think that he refers to the Holy Spirit as a he because of the like gender roles essentially in the Bible of like he is in charge of his family and his church and all that? Do you think? Uh, could be. Like the he is generally Like he doesn't say it or they or whatever he wants, whatever. <laughs> but I don't know. Now take he as he, since he didn't say yeah. her, they, it. You know, he doesn't refer to the Holy Spirit as you know just a spirit, but as you know, as he's talking about a person, about like he, he will be here. But yeah, the Holy Spirit lives in us, which is, is hard to understand. And we're one with God, and we can be we can be one with Him through the Holy Spirit. And when the Spirit of Truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but He will tell you that He is all that He has heard. And it sounds like our benefit too here also at the, at the end of um, that first half. In 14, he'll bring me to glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. And you know, everything that Jesus got was from God. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I had said the Holy, uh, the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me.
Any other comments, thoughts before we move on? Any confusion? Any questions? Don't worry, I don't fully understand the Holy Spirit either. Mm. It brought me back to when like I accepted Christ and you know, you do the the whole prayer thing. <laughs> and then just imagining like okay, before like Yana was a sinner, she did all these stupid things and stuff and then you prayed and it's like <laughs> it's like the spirit just comes in you. I don't know if anybody has ever watched Ghost. It's a movie mm. with um I so. Yeah. Patrick Swayze. <laughs> It's so good. But anyways, so like, yeah, the, <laughs> the spirit just like goes into the person, you know? <laughs> but like, you feel different when you go through that process. Lighter. You know? It's like, it's like a fresh start. Like, literally a fresh start. And it feels so good. I remember I was 11 years old and I was crying on the floor at the house that I lived in with two pastors from my church. It's like... What does an eleven-year-old understand about anything? But I did, and it was great. Like, and that's the only thing that I can like kind of go back to to sort of begin to understand what the Holy Spirit is. But it's like changed my life, you know. I always pictured like a little room in my heart when I was little, <laughs> and that's where He would reside. Because they always say like God is in your heart, and like yeah, He's chilling right there in the room with the TV on and everything. She's got a little room in there. That's been my visual. That's, That's my Holy Spirit. I love it. What role does the Holy Spirit play in your life? How does the Holy Spirit help you personally face challenges day to day? Well, the Holy Spirit is like the key to God, so everything. I mean, He plays a role in everything. Just to work with God, just to worship and to talk to God is through the through the Holy Spirit. So He's there. I mean, yeah. without the Holy Spirit, we won't be able to talk to, to God. I think about whenever I start to type a message that I know I shouldn't send, mm. and there's something unexplainable about why I haven't clicked send yet. I just sit there for a second. Messages typically to the guy in your life <laughs> because I can relate. <laughs> All right, well, I'm sure I'm sure that he'll have fun listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, or like typing an email in response to somebody at work that's really like I could let them have it about something, and I know that that's not what I should do, and then I delete the whole thing or I reword it into what I know I'm supposed to say I think about those moments where I'm like okay obviously Jackie the way that I want to respond something something there's a block there because I know that I'm listening and heeding the do that like you know better is this really what you want to say I'm, I'm listening to that voice that is not even saying words per se but I can what the intent is because I know it's in my spirit I know it's his spirit's informing my at that point you know what I'm what I'm supposed to do what I'm not supposed to do um, so I think about that I think that's probably most often the way that I see um, or most loudly I'd say how the, the spirit works in my life I like what Christian was saying about how like without the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't have access to God. Like because of what Jesus did and the Advocate that came after that, we wouldn't have access to God. And that just like goes. It just reminds me of um I don't know where it is somewhere in the New Testament about how like when when you don't even have the words to like mm-hmm. say the like the Holy Spirit knows what's on your heart mm-hmm. and like knows what to pray when you don't know what to pray. The Holy Spirit knows, and that just like. Is it's just like when you are just so low and you just don't know how to process what is going on in your head or whatever you're feeling, like it's just there's such a peace that comes with knowing that God knows, like 
the Holy Spirit is, is there for me. Like when I don't know what to pray, when I just have tears and like there's just no words, it's just tears and grief. Like he knows and that's it. Like it's just a liquid prayer. You don't even need to put words to it. That's There's just a peace that comes with that. Yeah, that's good. There's all, there's all good answers. And then kind of hearing it all together kind of helps to, I think, kind of piece together who the Holy Spirit is and kind of see different perspectives. It's cool, you know. Yeah, he is, he is, our, he is our way to, to, you know, always be able to, to talk to God. Um, you know, he's, he, he's much more than just our conscience telling us, you know. Like, he's, more, he's a lot more than just, you know, the good angel being like, don't do that. You know, but like that is also, you know, part of who he is. He's, he's you know, the voice of truth. Um, and will guide you into all truth. So I think that's definitely part of it. Um, and yeah, and, and when words can't, when you can't, when you don't even know what to pray, he's there advocating, he's there, you know, speaking already on your behalf. Um, made me think of, of the song by uh, Casting Crowns, Voice of Truth, which is what he's called here, the Spirit of Truth. Um, these are lyrics from this song. Um, it's such, a, it's such a good song. I might, so good. I might just end up kind of speaking this whole thing, but I think kind of hearing the words and and more than just out of the catchy tune. Um, oh, what I would do to have the kind of faith it takes to climb out of this boat and onto the crashing waves, to step out of my comfort zone into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is and he's holding out his hand. But the waves are calling out my name and they laugh at me, reminding me of all the times I've tried before and failed. The waves, they keep on telling me time and time again, boy, you'll never win, you'll never win. But the voice of truth tells me a different story. The voice of truth says, do not be afraid. The voice of truth says, this is for my glory. Out of all the voices calling out to me, I will choose to listen and believe the voice of truth. And it goes on and on. It's such a good song. It's so good. My, too I, good. My, 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 you might, my you're going to have to play it at the end yeah, of this. Yeah, I'm so definitely going to play this at the end. Passing Crowns hits with every song. Every, every single every one. Every song, man. Just busy. They really yes. do. And then they put the little messages in between each, like, you know, each set or whatever at the concerts. It's like, okay, you're hitting every angle right now. Yeah, I think it's so cool that even when, you know, we feel like we're alone out there, and you know maybe it's just day-to-day -day stress maybe it's whatever maybe you're literally like walking somewhere alone um like i don't know for whatever reason in the city at midnight in a dark alley i don't know but you've always got the holy spirit there with you <laughs> can you relate can you all can find yourself in a dark alley at midnight are you sad jackie no one else was supposed to see that <laughs> I walk alone. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Amen. Amen. And I and I stop. They comfort me when I'm beat down, broken, hold on. Yes, Good one too. Maybe I will be worshipped next week. Great, you can take you can take my spot. I'm next week, so you feel free. Please. All right, cool. Let's move on to the second half here. Um, who wants to, anybody want to read the whole thing? Otherwise you can just like read half and then talk on it to somebody else. Verse 16. I can take it. Go for it. Sadness will t be turned to joy. In a little while you won't see me anymore. But a little while after that you will see me again. Some of the disciples asked each other, what does he mean when he says, in a little while you won't see me, but then you will see me, and I'm going to the Father. What does he mean by a little while? We don't understand. Jesus realized they wanted to ask him about it, so he said, Are you asking yourselves what I meant? I said, In a little while you won't see me, but a little while after that you will see me again. I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn into wonderful joy. It will be like a woman suffering the pain when her child is born. Her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice, and no one can rob you of that joy. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth, you will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. 
Ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. I have spoken of these matters in figures of speech, but soon I will stop speaking figuratively and will tell you plainly all about the Father. Then you will ask in my name. I'm not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you dearly because you love me and believe that I came from God. Yes, I came from the Father into the world, and now I will leave the world and return to the Father. Then his disciples said, At last you are speaking plainly and not figuratively. Now we understand that you know everything, and there's no need to question you. From this we believe that you came from God. Jesus asked, Do you finally believe? But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Awesome. All right, what sticks out to you guys? Or just any comments overall about any of this? Well, this made me laugh when they're like, this make us believe that you come from God. And Jesus was like, oh, do you now believe? I know, right? <laughs> After Jesus' <everything>. response. <laughs> I, thought, I thought his response also, after like the first part of this, uh, from verse 16, when he's like, you know, like, you won't see me soon, but then you will see me. And they're like, what does he mean that we're not going to see him, but then we'll see him? He's like, do you, do you want me to tell you what it means? Like, it means that you're not going to see me, and then you'll see me. <laughs> and then, like, oh, now we believe. He's like, do you believe? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> but I don't think he was, like, you know, degrading them. Because um, that's not in his character. But it's just kind of funny to read. But he, he is, um, he has those kind of questions of, like, I don't know, he just has that way of asking. <laughs> I just think it's funny. Anyway, any other thoughts, comments? Um, I wonder if part of this, like, um, sorrow into joy um, thing is maybe a, a little bit of, like, what he didn't share with them previously, saying that they, their hearts can't... Um, Bear it, all. bear it all right now but then he kind of shares a little bit more because I feel like this is really it's getting deeper because he's slowly like revealing to them like hey you know I'm gonna die on the cross I'm gonna go through a really horrible thing um, but he's not making it like as graphic until they actually see it um, but kind of giving them a little sneak peek so I wonder if this has a little bit to do with like him starting to review a little bit more to them. Yeah, I've started with like, one of you will betray me. I'm going to leave. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I like how he uses the example of human life, like a woman bearing that pain, but all that pain is worth, worth it because then it brings life to the world. And yeah. that's kind of what the disciples are doing. They're going to go through all this pain, but now that Jesus is leaving, he's going to bring life to the world and write all these books that help us understand the life of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a cool, it's a cool analogy of comparing, you know, the sorrow they're going through right now. Like, this person, like, these people just left everything they have to follow Jesus, you know, before. It's just like, hey, come and follow me. And they're like, okay. And that's not just like a, hey, come, like, shadow me for a day or two and, you know, like, quit your part-time job and come back to it. No, it's like, leave your families, leave your entire lifestyle and everything you know about everything. Leave it behind, come follow me and listen and, and be my disciples. And these 12 people were like, yeah, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna leave everything behind. I'm gonna even leave behind my knowledge of what I know about, you know, this world. I'm gonna come follow you. And now, their whole world is about to just crash because the one that they just left everything to come follow is now like, I'm going to leave. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to see me soon. And they're like, what? like, what do you mean? Like, you told us to follow you. You didn't say, 
you know, just come, you know, walk with me for a few days. Like, we're following you. Like, what's going on here? And to compare that to um, a woman giving birth, you know, he's not just like, oh, her, you know, she's in deep pain, and then like once she gives, you know, birth, then like ah, then she's she's joyful because now it's over. No, he's like, then uh, where was that at? Um, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. Yeah, because she has brought a new baby into the world. She brought life into the world. And that's what Jesus is doing here. He's bringing life to the world. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the life. He's bringing life into the world. And that's why you can rejoice. Like, who else would like to turn their sadness into joy, right? Like, sign me up for that. Like, that sounds great. Like... <laughs> But notice the wording in verse 20. Well, first off, I tell you the truth. And he says that often. But that doesn't mean that, hey, I'm lying to you other times and I'm not saying this. No, he's like, really, pay attention to what I'm about to say here. I'm telling you the truth. Like, there's no reason to even think that this isn't right. I tell you the truth. You will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me. But the world will rejoice. Remember back into, like, verse... Verse 2. Uh, the time is coming when those who kill you think they're doing a holy service to God. Anyway, uh, back to verse 20. Uh, you will grieve, but your grief will suddenly be replaced with joy. Nope. Not replaced. Will turn into. Your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. Any other translations out there for that part in verse Sorrow 20? will turn into joy. And sorrow will turn into joy. Any other translations? It's not replace. It's turn into. God's work was not to replace their sorrow with joy, but to turn their sorrow into joy. I think there's a big difference there. He's not just like, he's not just taking away something and giving us something different. He's transforming it. It's not a, hey, you take this and I'll give you this. He's like, no, I'm going to take what you have and make it something better. Reminds me of uh, trading my sorrows. Mm. That can be the third song we do next week. I was just <laughs> looking that up. It's really good. I've been thinking about it yes, literally oh, yes. since we started this chapter because I've been um I've been reading the chapter for the past couple weeks. I just like throw it on in the car. That's exactly what this is. Yeah. I'm trading my sorrows. It's where it comes from. I'm laying them down for the joy, the joy of the Lord. Of the Lord. <laughs> yes, Lord. 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 Are we going to include the hand motions, too? I'll do it. Like I learned in VBS when we... Yeah. 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 I do it in my church. Worship band. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got two songs for you next week. Cool. And Caitlin will speak since she'll be here last week here. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, we should say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> the sorrow will last, but our sorrow will be turned into joy after Caitlin leaves. Like we will have sorrow, but we will. It will. God will turn it into joy. What? Because I'm happy for you. Yes. Yes. And because we can oh. crash at her apartment. Yeah. I just gotta crash off marketplace. Sorry, her and Shane's apartment. Yeah. Man, I felt like I got looked at. Maybe that's what the disciples were so worried about. They were like, Jesus, what are you talking about, man? How can we be excited that you're leaving? It's a fair point. It's a fair point. Any other thoughts? Right, I'm going to look at verse 27. Um, well, I guess I'll start with 26, so I'm not starting mid-sentence. You will ask in my name. Uh, sorry. Then you will ask in my name. I'm not saying... Hold on. I need to go back another verse. Yeah, we'll just start at 26. Then you will ask in my name. I'm not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf, 
For the Father himself loves you dearly because you love me and believe that I came from God. And so again, he was saying that you can speak in my name and, and God will give it to you because you know me. And he said this a few times now. And again, it's not a just tack on in Jesus' name at the end and you get it granted like a wish, but it's asking on behalf of Jesus. But I think there's another cool thing here. For the Father himself loves you dearly because you love me and believe that I came from him. Jesus is saying you can go to God because he loves you. He's saying that, and he's saying this before the cross. You can go to God because he loves you. He did not die to change. Jesus did not die to make God love you. He didn't die to change God into love. He died to tell us that God is love. He came not because God hated the world, but because he loved the world so much. Jesus brought to men, to humanity, the love of God. So I'm going to read that again. I'm going to read that whole thing again. This is from, uh, I want to say William Barclay, um, a Scottish theologian. Um, here Jesus is saying you can go to God because he loves you. And he is saying that before the cross. He did not die to change God into love. He died to tell us that God is love. He came not because God so hated the world, but because he so loved the world. Jesus brought the men, Jesus brought to men the love of God. I have one other part to add on here. I don't know where this came from. There was no uh, reference for it, but I thought this was really cool. It's going to sound super easy, but then it's going to sound super deep, and then it's going to be super confusing, so I might read it two or three times. Let's go with that same thought. A pulse doesn't make the heart pump, but it is evidence of it. Our love for God doesn't make him love us, but it is evidence that he loves us. <laughs> I'll read it again. A pulse doesn't make the heart pump, but it's evidence of it. Our love for God doesn't make him love us, but it's evidence that he loves us. If you had to rephrase that, what does that mean? Or do, does this make sense to anybody? Yeah, it's like basically saying that our love to God is just proof of God loving us. Yeah, you got it. First. Mm -hmm. First yeah. Yeah. Read that again, please, Ben. Huh? Read that again, Read please. Again. please. A pulse doesn't make the heart pump, but it is evidence of it. Our love for God doesn't make him love us, but it is evidence that he loves us. That's going on my wall. <laughs> I have a wall of very specific quotes that's going on my wall. And it goes along, um, so I don't have the reference for it, but you know, we love because he first loved us. right? Our love for God isn't just, hey, I just love God. You know? <clears throat> I don't know who he is, and you know, he, he is in love, but I just love him. You know, like that's, that's, you know, we can only love because he is love, and he loved us first. So like our love for him only proves that he loves us. Because we can't love him if he didn't love us first. A pulse doesn't make the heart pump. It's just evidence that the heart is pumping. Our love for God isn't because we just love him. It's evidence that he loves us. That he is love. Any other thoughts? One final question for you guys. Uh, based off of verse 33. I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. You know, it doesn't say, you know, here on earth you might have some sorrows. You might have some troubles. You probably will. You, you could potentially, maybe, if things you know, don't go right. You know, it's like, you will. And it's not just like you'll have trials. You will have many trials. 
right? This is this is Jesus saying this. It's not, you know, like, oh yeah, that might happen. It's like, no. Jesus himself told us the world will hate us. Jesus told him, follow us and, and everybody will hate you. The world will hate you. And you will have many sorrows and trials. Alright? We know what we're getting ourselves into. But he's undecided there. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. How does knowing that Jesus has overcome the world, how does that affect the way that you view the trouble and suffering that comes your way? How does knowing that he already has overcome the world, how does that affect the way you view the troubles, or how does it affect the way that you live? Well, I also like the verse before it. Like, I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's the end, it says, oh, You will leave me all alone. Yet I'm not alone, for my Father is with me. So he, like, even after all this, that he tells him, that they're going to leave Jesus. Like, when he needs to cross, who is it? John? The only one that stays with him? Or who was it? The disciple? Everybody else, like, just takes off. So yeah. they leave him alone. And God knows this, but he, the next verse, he also says, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. Like, they know that even if you leave me and all this stuff, you still, even, you're going to go through all this trouble, but I'm going to be there and I have peace and I, I'm with the Father. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah, even Jesus, when he was literally alone, all his disciples had left him, he knew that he wasn't alone because God was still with him. Anybody else? How does knowing that Jesus has overcome the world, how does that affect the way that you view the troubles in your life? Or how does that affect the way that you live and go out day to day? I think in an ideal scenario, we would operate from the position of victory and the mindset of victory and uh, overcoming and conquering and you know things that, like anxiety, wouldn't that wouldn't be a thing, but it could not be a thing because all those trials and sorrows or troubles that we face pale in the knowledge that Jesus in us has overcome and he's already been there. He's already been to that place. He's already gone there for us beforehand before we even would have to face whatever it is that we're facing. He's there. He's already He's overcome it. Every I forget what scripture it is, but every victory he's already won. He's already won every battle that he and he doesn't lose. So if we believed that and really made that central to our perspective, mindset, and identity in Christ, I think you would see all the people, believers, a lot less anxious, a lot less depressed, a lot, a lot less stressed, a lot less everything because we viewed the world as if it's already been won for Christ. Hmm. Um, which is not easy for me to do, just speaking personally from my experience. Like, I think that there are certain aspects, one, one specific aspect in my life right now where I just feel defeated about and, not, and stuck and not know what to do and all of these things. And I'm like, God's already won what my future looks like. He's already been there. He already... So why am I still feeling... So, you know, why am I still feeling stuck? Why am I still feeling whatever type of way I am about it? You know, it's, it's that kind of thing. Like, okay, maybe I need to tell myself that God's already got a victory for me. I don't know what it looks like. Maybe asking those questions. Maybe, you know, maybe I get answers. I don't know what it is. But I think overall that perspective shift of like operating from a, a view of victory versus reactively in terms of oh, I can't do this, I can't accomplish this, this is defeating, this is hard, this is all those things. Like believing the other. Hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Just made me think of something. Kind of a little silly, but I think maybe it'll get kind of at least my thought across. Um, imagine, I don't know, you're in some type of competition, whatever competition you want it to be in. It can be sports, it could be um, uh, science fair, it could be uh, craftsmanship competition, whatever you want it to be. 
Imagine you're you're up against a lot of other opponents and someone appears to you and goes, Hey, I'm from the future and they can clearly prove that they're from the future and you believe them and they say, You're gonna win. I know you're gonna win first place. How? Because I've already been at the end. I've already been in the future and I saw that you won first place. Imagine if we had that if we lived in the victory and the battle that's already won because he's already overcome the world. Imagine if we live that way. What a, what a difference that would make in, in how we go about day to day. You know, if you're if you're going about if, if you're depressed, if you're you know have you know negative thoughts all the time, if you're you know saying that you know things aren't going to happen, you know things aren't working out, everything's going wrong. Imagine someone's coming to you and saying, "Hey, I saw how this is going to play out." You're going to come out on top. It's going to be all right. You know, that's what Jesus is saying here. Take heart. I've overcome the world. You know, he's already at the end. He's already there. He's there right now with us. And we'll, we won't have to just be like, all right, we won't see you now, but we'll see you later. No, we'll, we'll, he's with us the whole time, the whole ride. Oh, that just came to mind now. But anyway, um... Don't we have any final thoughts? Going once, going twice, going two and a half times. Um, I was going to say it earlier. <laughs> Always on two and a half if people start talking. I don't know, I was just thinking, I was like, I had something earlier. Well, because you were asking, like, what does the Holy Spirit mean? I don't know, something like that. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, like, advocate. I was trying to look for it, but I couldn't find anything. So I don't know if I'm crazy or not. Maybe it's not in the Bible. I, I thought I've heard before that the like, Holy Spirit also is like um like the comforter. I don't know. That he comforts you. So mm-hmm. I, I like think there I think there's like three things yeah. listed, but I don't know. I can't I try to find it, I don't know. Mm. But anyway. Yeah, that, yeah. And for sure. Yeah. I was gonna say that. Yeah, that was it. Two and three quarters. I was just gonna say <laughs> Cool. Good stuff guys. Um well we'll just uh I'll pray, and then I'm going to um, play the voice of truth, <laughs> just so we can all kind of have a, you know, a time of this um, you know, prayer, and just, you know, you can have your eyes open, you can have your eyes closed, you can pray, you can, you know, cry. lay on the floor, you can cry, um, yeah. God, we thank you for this evening, uh, thank you that you are always with us, uh, that your Holy Spirit is always with us, that he lives within us, uh, that he's in a room in a heart that it has a permanent residence in. Um, God, we thank you that uh, that you love us so much and that you're not just telling us um, that we have to do something, but you give us the freedom to listen and to obey. Uh, Yeah, we thank you for sending the Holy Spirit so that we can always be with you, so that right now, on August 1st, 2022, at 8.35 p.m., we can be speaking to you at the same time that Millions of other people are talking to you at the exact same moment because you have a worldwide ministry and you can reach all and speak to all and hear all and love for all at the same time. We thank you for for being you. Um, we worship you for who you are. We thank you for the spirit of truth. Uh, and we ask that you help to guide us throughout this week and, and from here that uh, we know that, you, that you've already overcome. You've overcome it all. You've overcome sin and death, and that's the ultimate victory that any of us could could want. Thank you guys. Ask for um, blessings over everybody and keep us all safe, and to help us remember that every day, every hour, every minute, every moment that you've already overcome. I think that's that's a game changer in how we go about our day-to-day lives, um, that you have already overcome. Thank you, God, for who you are and that we are your children. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bluetooth. Bluetooth. <laughs> Bluetooth. Connected.
it's always a good time in God's premises with us. I hope you enjoyed it and that you tune in again for the next episode of the Monday Night Godcast.